This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and good morning. And good morning. That's okay. Morning. We're working on one more mic here. Uh, we're all... I think we're on. Yes, we, we are. are. Good morning, we are. Robbie Lane. Welcome. Yes. Thank you, Charlie. And this is our first time together in the new studio. That's right. That's why we didn't know what buttons, buttons to press. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Frank's not here, and he he loves pressing buttons. He does, and he's really good at it. He's so... been pressing your buttons for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're we're gonna miss Frank today because he's the button guy. Yeah. And we hope he's doing well. And big hugs to him and die for sure. Uh, and uh, yeah. Happy summer. Yeah, it is. And yesterday it even felt like it and looked like it. Uh, I know. Today, not so much. Not so much. But you know what? I know, don't hit me for this, but I kind of want it to rain. Why? Because something needs water to grow. (laughs) Well, yeah, we've had so much rain. Everything's so green and lush and fat and healthy. And now all of a sudden we haven't had rain in like four days. Yeah. And and I actually kind of want it to rain. Like not uh, a lot, not for too long, just, you know, for an hour or so. Well, uh, I remember last year, about this time, maybe a little bit later, when we had no rain right. and the grass was brown and right. nothing was growing. Yeah. So it looks great this year. So I to love it. maintain this beauty, beauteous green lushness, we're going to need some consistent rain. Is that why you were doing that dance out in Jefferson <laughs> Avenue? <laughs> just before I came in. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay, like I said, don't hit, don't hit me or hate me for saying that. I know we're all tired of rain, but it'd be really nice if we could just have sort of five days of sun and two days of rain and just carry on like that all summer. Yeah, and pick the rain days, not on the weekends. I was going to say that's so the Charlie, important thing. put in that message, yes, will you? Yes, I know. My I neighbor know would agree with you on that. You've got connections. They headed up to the cottage saying, oh, it's going to rain again this weekend. I know you've got some announcements. Yeah. Maybe I should give out the phone Phone numbers, numbers. good because idea. Because Charlie's here to answer your questions about anything to do with gardening. She knows it all. Believe me, no one knows more than Charlie. <laughs> so I'm you. really putting her on the spot. Yes. <laughs> The phone numbers are 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And, uh, uh, Charlie, you've got some stuff. I do. Some things are going on today. Uh, there is an exhibition of cut garden roses and floral design, and this is staged in the McQuestan Theatre at the Royal Botanical Gardens on 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. The Rose Show opens Today at 1.30, closes at 5, and then tomorrow the show runs from 10 until 4. The auction of show roses takes place at 3.30, which is pretty fun. I mean, yeah. these are gorgeous roses. There is no admission
registration fee for the show with RBG admission, which is a good reason to be an RBG member, and then you can get into everything for free. That's a good idea. Tomorrow, the Burlington Hort Society's annual garden tour takes place from 12 noon to 4 p.m. Tickets are $10 per person and are available in advance, so today, at Holland Park Garden Gallery, Conan Nurseries, Burlington Blooms, and Brant Florist. They can also be purchased at any of the homes on the tour tomorrow. Funds raised from this tour and from the Society's annual perennial plant sale are used to support community projects. So for and special interest tomorrow, there will be a raffle of a variety of items donated by local businesses, and there will also be some gardening books and other treats available at some of the sites. So Sounds that's good. That's fun going on this weekend. Now, looking forward, there are, again, more... Um, Garden tours coming up. So get out your calendar. I'm not going to give you all the details now, but just know that in the Durham, Uxbridge area, Saturday, July 13th, garden tour. Uh, again, Saturday, July 13th in Bob Cajun, uh, garden tour. And another Burlington garden tour in support of Carpenter Hospice is on Sunday, July 14th. But I will give you all the details on those tours next Saturday. All right. Are you going out and doing any of these tours? or Because you, you get involved. I do. I, the one garden tour I go to on every year is the Toronto Botanical Garden Tour, which yeah. is the Through the Garden Gate Tour. And I did go on that. And that is always amazing. Uh, and, yeah, I am when I can. I do get out. It's so much fun to get and peek into people's backyards. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And you don't peek through their windows, though. No, never, never, no. never. You well, stop kind of depends. Years ago after you were arrested, you stopped that. <laughs> That's right. I was told. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the numbers, once again, are 416-360-0740 and 1-866-740-4740. And we have some callers on the line, and we'll get to them. Uh, in uh, yeah, I guess we're going to take a little break. Come back with Charlie Dobbin and the Garden Show. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio AM seven forty. Okay. Oh, all right. Now, now we, we are know. back. Okay. Do you study that. <laughs> Memorize that button there. It's yeah. The top because left. I guess I have to hit it every time. I then, guess don't you I? do. Poor James. He's he's getting his he's racing so, back and forth. James, just to be clear, I have to hit that button every time. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. It's a learning experience here. <laughs> he's, he's racing around trying to do everything. He's in every place at once. He's fast. He is good. Yeah. Oh yeah. My, his girlfriend told me that. James Patrick Dooley. Yeah. All right. All right. We got uh, Trish calling from Wasega Beach. We do. And she, it's Wasaga Beach. Wasaga Beach. That's yes. right. Yep. As a yep. kid, I always called it Wasega, and now I've learned You've it's learned. Wasaga Beach. Well, if you lived there, you would call it Wasaga Beach. That's right. It's only it's tourists. Because it's the Wasaga River. Correct. Yes. And she's calling about a lilac bush, I am assuming. Good morning, Trish. Good morning, Charlie and Robbie. Thank Good morning. You. Yeah, I have this lilac bush. I've had it about four years, coming on for five years. It doesn't want to bloom, and it doesn't want to grow. Oh. So tell me how much sun it's in. Um, sort of half and half. So morning sun or afternoon sun? Um, mainly morning. Only morning. So what, two, three hours or more? No, a little bit more. Because usually, okay, there's only a couple of reasons why lilacs don't bloom uh, or thrive. Number one is insufficient sun. So the more sun, the better. And for your best blooms and for your healthiest lilac, you really want six hours plus of sunshine. So you may want to consider moving that into a brighter spot if you can. Yeah, Number two reason why they don't bloom is because they've been pruned at the wrong time. 
Do you do any pruning on no, that plant? Pruned, no. Okay. So when right now, for most of us, our lilacs have finished blooming. So there are those, you know, crispy flowers still hanging, shriveled yeah. up on the plants. So now is the time, though maybe not today because we don't prune when it's raining, but as soon as there's a dry day, out there with your nice sharp pruners, cutting off the dead flowers yes. on all your lilacs. The reason we do that is we want to avoid the plant setting seed. And if it sets seed, it puts a lot of energy into seed production. And if you're not wanting a lot of lilac seedlings, why would you want seeds? So better to remove the flowers, and that way the plant is much more robust to produce flowers next year. Right. And that's the only and, time we prune. And you do that with a forsythia bush as well, don't you? All like your as flowering, soon as it's bloomed, yep. you prune All your flowering shrubs. Yep. When they're done blooming, you do your radical pruning then. You taught me that last year. There you go. I'm glad you learned that. So <laughs> so same with the lilac that, you know, now is the time we would prune it, but not again after that. And the other reason why lilacs sometimes don't thrive is poorly drained soil. They don't want to sit in a wet spot. They want to be well-drained. So, Trish, ensure that you've got that plant in a soil that's a well-drained soil and not, you know, down in a low-lying area in your garden. Of course, I assume you're gardening in fairly sandy soil in Wasaga Beach. No, we have a lot of compost because, yeah, I mean, we've been here a long time. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of compost in the bed. Oh, that's fine. Nothing wrong with compost. Just, it's just the main thing is that it's not wet. It's not a low area that traps a lot of water. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. Now, if there's any way you can move it, you will find that you will get better flowering and better leaves and better everything with more sun on the plant. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, thanks and so Trish, much for your call. this weekend at Wasaga Beach, it's your big festival, is it not? That's right. Yes, I heard that yesterday. Oh, and what's I, the I was festival? hoping for better weather for you. What is the name of the festival? can't remember, actually. Oh. Oh, well, I can't either. So, so <laughs> it's like a music thing, boat. obviously. That's well, right, yeah. It's a yeah. music festival. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. nice. On the beach. I think it's right on the it's beach. It's on the beach, yeah. yeah. Ah, That'd be fun. That's a great beach. So are you doing anything after the show? I think I might be going to Wasoga. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for calling, thanks, Trish. Trish. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye-bye. All uh, right. It's a great beach there. Well, it's multi-beaches. Yes. <clears throat> I was up there a few times last year. I really like it up there. I grew up, not oh, there, but as okay. a teen, I went there all the time. Well, I was going to say, it's the, you know what, when, when I was a teen, well, probably about the same era when you were a teen, uh, high school graduation, we partied locally in Toronto. But starting, I don't know, 20 years ago, every high school student from all of southern Ontario congregates at Wasaga Beach. Yep. That's it's what's like going a very on. Very big deal. This week they'll start going up. That's right. Yeah. So obviously they do the music festival while yep. they can because it gets kind of messy for the next <laughs> few weekends. <laughs> it does. But I hope high they school. all have a good time up there. And are safe. And safe. Please. Yes. All right. Um, got time. <laughs> should, maybe I should throw out the phone numbers again because there's a couple of empty spots. Uh, sure. Uh, 416-360-0740 and one 740 And we have uh, Faye. No, it's Ray. Sorry, Ray. <laughs> Glasses. <laughs> Changed her sex there for a moment. <laughs> Calling from Coburg. And uh, you've got something up with your pear tree. Good morning. Yes, uh, I'm calling about uh, two, uh, two questions. I've got one for Robbie and one for Charlie. Oh, okay. Okay, start with mine. It'll be a shorter answer. <laughs> okay, the one for you is, uh, isn't there supposed to be a delay between uh, phone callers and uh, actual going on the radio? Well, <clears throat> I thought there might be a switch there that you forgot. Well, actually, Ray, in your case, there should be a delay. <laughs> but uh, generally speaking, there is a delay. But uh, most of the people that call in in the garden show are calling in to ask garden questions, and they're right. not going to use too many foul 
words. Yeah, that's why there's the delay. Yeah, that's it's like why. a second delay yeah. usually. And I have a question I for you. I just didn't want you to get in trouble. No. <laughs> well, are you warning us ahead of time? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> get ready. <laughs> yes. And, Ray, I just wanted to tell you one thing before Charlie gets on about your pear tree. We, Robbie Lane and the Disciples, are playing at the Park Theater in Coburg on September the 14th. No, sorry, September the 28th. Oh, I'll write that down. <laughs> yeah, and I've never been to the Park Theater, but I understand it's absolutely beautiful. It is. It's all been refurnished, uh, refurbished, and uh, yeah, I'm sh- and you'll get a good turnout. Good. Oh, good. Well, maybe you'll be there. Yes, I will. Yeah. Just <laughs> start swearing like you normally would, and I'll know it's you. <laughs> okay, what uh, what's going on with your pear tree? Yes, I have a problem with my pear tree. It's a bosque pear. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, uh, normally I get maybe a dozen pears or something, but this year the tree was loaded with blossoms and there's all kinds of little ones. Mm-hmm. But a number of the little ones are black and starting to shrivel up. And I did uh, do the spraying earlier. Oh, good. With the dormant spray? Yes. Excellent. But uh, I wonder what this, uh, all the little ones... Uh, shriveling up and turning black, uh, what that is. If you look closely, <clears throat> do you see that in the clusters where some of them are shriveling and turning black, others are not? Others are staying green? Oh, others are perfect. Yeah. You know what it is? It, this was a very interesting spring after last year's yeah. spring. Yeah. Remember last year we had that extreme cold when the fruit trees were just flowering. Yes. Yes. So many of the fruit trees lost the ability to produce fruit because the flowers got frosted off. So what happened was that that freezing and, and um, loss of all the flowers last year meant it was like nature doing the perfect pruning. That's why the lilacs bloomed so heavily this year as well. So nature pruned everything yes. at the at that time. So this year, the plants have made double the norm or even triple the number of flowers and in the case of fruit trees, fruits than they could ever possibly bear. Oh. So they are very wisely, just not that they're thinking about this, but this is the way nature works. They are self-pruning. They are dropping some of their fruit. And you will see that on almost all the uh, the plums, the pears, the cherries. They will be dropping some fruit because they cannot possibly bear all that fruit. It will uh-huh. just break their branches. Uh-oh. So okay, no so panic. no problem then. No, don't, don't panic. But do be aware that as these things are dropping, uh, keep raking them up because they can become a source of fungal diseases. Oh, okay, okay. fine. Good. All right, but I wouldn't worry. Uh, you know what? It's like I say, it's perfectly natural and normal. <laughs> so okay. We call thank it you. in thank the plum, plum business, they call it the big plum drop, and it happens every year, <laughs> just about. So we're going to have a big pear drop this year as yeah. well. Okay. <laughs> All right, Ray, good luck with the pear tree, and I'll see you in September. <laughs> Fine. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye bye. Good for you, Robbie. Yeah. Good self-promotion. I well, love that. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I know my wife's coming, but we got to get a few more people. <laughs> I know, but it's great that you knew that, too. You knew that date and everything. Coburg, for some reason, has come up in my in conversation with people a lot lately. Oh, really? I don't know why, but I, I don't believe in coincidence. Mm. I believe that things happen sort for of For a reason, yeah. yeah. And uh, just lately, it's been... we. Friends from Coburg came to see us, and strangers from Coburg came to see us. <laughs> and uh, a couple of friends of mine drove down there to visit uh, during their festival. And so uh, then we got this offer to do this gig in wow. Coburg. And so, the Park Theater is absolutely beautiful. I've yeah. seen pictures. I haven't been there, but yeah. I've seen pictures. And it's uh, Like it's be, an old theater? Yeah, an old theater. Oh, they've neat. completely redone. Neat. Well, yeah. that's going to be fun. It will be. In mid-September. September the 28th. Mm. Yes. Near the, the late end of September. September, yeah. 
I might just want to put that on my calendar. Well, I'll, I'll send you an invitation. All right. That doesn't be mean great. you get in for free. But oh, well. no, you would, Charlie. <laughs> you would. I, you would. Uh, okay. No Maybe. <laughs> All uh, right. Go to the next caller. Right. Uh, from Alliston, we've got uh, Phyllis on the line, and uh, she has something going on with her peony uh, bushes. How, good morning, uh, Phyllis. How are you doing? Yes, good morning, uh, Charlie. Good morning, Robbie. Good morning. It's a beautiful day here. Excellent. Good, good to hear. Hopefully. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's about my peony bushes. Um, I just want to know, when the flowers die, should mm-hmm. I, could I cut them down or just leave them in the, until the fall? I always remove the flowers once they've shriveled up and they look, you know, the <clears throat> the petals all fall to the ground and they look kind of tattered and ragged. Yeah. Get out your pruners and okay. just prune back on the stem to either the next leaf or the next leaf. So meaning and you that's can, it? yeah, so you'll take off that dried up dead flower plus one or maybe two leaves and then okay. just leave that little bush all alone for the summer. It'll be a green uh-huh. plant all summer. It often will give you some nice burgundy or maroon colored leaves in the fall. Okay. And once we've had a real hard frost, whenever that is in your area, it might be October, November, okay. it'll just turn <clears throat> black and at okay. that point then you'll cut it right down at ground level okay because i haven't done that last year i cut them right down mm-hmm. in the summer i don't know what that would cost if well, i would do that it may be not enough maybe not very many flowers is uh, that possible well what what happens if you remove like basically what you did by cutting it down early was you removed all the foliage when the plant was still photosynthesizing and of okay. course the whole process of photosynthesis is the plant absorbing sunshine and okay. converting that that energy, that sun energy, into carbohydrate, which allows it to grow bigger. Mm. So when you cut a plant down early or if the plant is diseased or infected by an insect and it loses all its leaves early, it means it can't photosynthesize, which means it can't get bigger. It can't be healthier. It loses vigor in the process, particularly if it's a plant that really wants to still be out there and it'll grow a whole new set of leaves. So that costs the energy in the root to do that. So, so that would make it because last year I did that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why I didn't have as many flowers this year. Perhaps. Yep. And also the plant ah, could okay. have been a bigger plant this year and it isn't. As a matter of fact, it might even be smaller this year than it was last year yeah. uh, or the same okay. size, but yeah. it could, okay. it could have and should have been bigger this year than last year. Yeah. Okay. That's right. what I will do. All right. Good. Well, thank hey, you, you for calling have in. Have a great day. Thanks we so will. Much. You have a good thank one too. Thank you very too. much. Thanks, fellas. Bye. Thanks. I like the rule of thumb when you're thinking about when do I prune things back. Robbie, you brought up a good point. Flowering shrubs. Yeah. The rule is always prune them when they're finished flowering. In the case case of a peony, that's a herbaceous plant, a perennial herbaceous plant. Um, the only trimming we do on those is the brown, the brown, the dead, the yeah. shriveled. Anything that's brown or dead, you can trim that at any time of year. Uh, that includes even your flowering shrubs. Like a month from now, one of your lilac branches dies. You can trim that then. You don't have to say, oh, I don't want to trim this until next year. You can always prune brown or dead or shriveled uh, foliage or branches on any plant at any time. Yeah. But, uh, but when it comes to sort of deadheading, which is what Phyllis really wanted to do with her peony, yes, once it's done flowering, remove the dead flowers. Right. But otherwise, leave it alone. Okay, we have to take a little break, but when we come back, remind me to tell you about my Lily of the Valley problem oh, that I asked you about a couple of years ago. Right. I want you and we've that. got Gary and Jerry waiting online. Sounds like a comedy team. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> so we'll get to them uh, right after we do this with you. 
fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And we are back, and Charlie's here. And before we get to another call, you have something to tell us about Sierra Silk. I do. I'm not sure if you remember, but this is a completely natural mineral supplement. Both Frank and I take it daily. Yes. And the reason we do it is because we want to maintain the freedom to continue with our favorite activities with reduced aches and stiffness. And we find that Sierra Silk really works for us. So if anybody wants more information, go to one. Sorry, phone one eight seven seven joint fourteen. Go to the website sierrasill.ca or pick up Sierra Sill at many of your local health food stores like Feel Good Natural Health on King Street in Oshawa. Okay, and the reason you call Joint 14 is because generally it takes about 14 days for it to start working. Well, no, you'll no. know whether it's working within 14 days. Oh, you'll know. And if it doesn't work within 14 days, then uh, you can get your money back. Oh. Right, so that's where the 14 comes in. What a full, deal. Full money back guarantee because they, they don't claim that it works for everybody. Yes. They recognize that this is something that might not work for everybody, so if it's not working for you, full money back guarantee. That's great. You can't yeah. lose that Good way. people. Yeah. You're either going to feel better or get your money back. All right. Uh, Rochelle, uh, she is calling in from somewhere. And uh, she said, I don't know where, maybe outer space. She'll tell us. But something about the mulberry tree. Rochelle, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking me back. I lost my signal for a bit. You sound like you're on a cell phone. Yes, it is a cell phone. Not a very good one, I guess. Now, I, I found what I think is a mulberry tree growing in my garden. Mm-hmm. that some birds must have dropped. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a mulberry because although the leaves start out looking leaf-like, they, uh, as they mature, they start to split up the sides, you know. Mm-hmm. They start to take another shape. Yep. Anyhow, that, yep. I think that's what it is. Sounds like it could be. So, sorry, go sorry? ahead. Yeah, go ahead. But I just said it sounds like it could be a mulberry. Yeah, and there are other mulberries in the uh, in the neighborhood, um, and I think that you have to have a male and a female. No, am I right? No, you don't. Mulberries will self-pollinate. Okay, so it's a couple of years since I've started to see it, become aware of it, and there's no fruit, no blossoms yet. This year, they are, um, I'm trying to think if they would have even flowered yet. They probably should be flowering about now. Where are you calling from, Rochelle? Well, the, the tree is in Toronto. Oh, in Toronto. Hmm. Well, yeah. okay. So that's a good point. Now, in the horticultural industry, if you were buying a mulberry at a garden center, there's always two choices. You can get ones that are sterile, that do not produce fruit, mm-hmm. and you can get mulberries that do produce fruit. Many people do not want the fruiting mulberries right. because they're quite messy when the mulberries are ripe and they start falling to the ground and it's all yucky mess. Or they don't want the the actual fruit because they don't want all the bird action because the birds love mulberries. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Can you buy sterile cranberry? Or not no, cranberry, crab, but crab apple. apple no. no, too bad. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. Sorry. Many people wish for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so but if the mulberry dropped from the sky, which is what you know Rochelle thinks it did, yeah. then it would be a fertile or a flat fruiting mulberry. It wouldn't possibly be a sterile one. Um, so I would just um, keep an eye on it. Um, 
you know, allow it to get a sufficient sunshine because, again, sun will let it um, get the proper, you know, environment for it to flower and fruit. And it sounds like maybe that's what Rochelle wants it to do. Yeah. Um, Also, remember, if you want to grow it as a tree, you're going to have to do some trimming. It's probably got leaves and branches right from the bottom. Don't let it be a bush unless you want want a monster plant because these do get very large. And uh, and recognize as well that it's a maturity thing. They do have to reach a certain age before they will flower anyway. So so did that do it for you, Rochelle? Okay. Now, I didn't want it to grow into a tree. I don't really have space for a tree. So I lopped off the two main branches, hoping that it would bush out. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so it will. If you took off the top, it will get whiter, as most plants will. Take, you know, take off that terminal yeah. bud and you'll get width. Uh, but remember, it will get wider as well. So keeping that in mind, remember, just always keep in the back of your mind when you're going to trim or, or you want to shrink the size of that mulberry bush, do it in the early spring. That's your only time you're ever going to do any big pruning on that plant is early spring before it leafs out. Okay, otherwise you, you will limit the fruiting, the flowering and the fruiting. Okay, well, I may have uh, killed it, but it was an unwelcome, well, it's yeah. not unwelcome, it was an unexpected visitor. I know the and, feeling. Uh, and space is at a premium in my little garden, Yeah. So. We'll have to see what happens. Ex- exactly, and you may decide it's not the best plant in a little garden, because it's a big plant. Okay. So, so do you think that uh, I should have seen blossoms and fruitings by now? As I said, it's the second year. Right. Uh, based on the time of year, I think I'd have to double check sort of the mulberries in my area. They probably are flowering right about now, uh, though somebody who's listening might want to give us a call who might have a mulberry on their yeah. property could give us an update on that. Um but again, a two-year-old mulberry that's not doing a lot of flowering and fruiting is not a concern. It's still a very young plant. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks Rochelle. For yeah, thank you. Have a good day, Rochelle. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, Gary is calling in from Sutton, a place that I've hung out at uh, <laughs> at various times in my life. <laughs> Something about a lemon tree, very pretty, but the lemons is sour and whatever. <laughs> Gary, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Charlie's here to answer your questions. Hi, Charlie. Good morning, Gary. Uh, my lemon tree, I've called you on numerous occasions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I had, at one point, about 20 buds growing. Mm-hmm. I'm now down to about eight. They just drop off. Buds, as in new growth on the tips or flowers? As, as in fruit. Oh, fruit. Okay, so you had about 20 and you're down to about eight. Yeah, yeah. Now, little, the eight seem to be growing quite well. You know, they're size of toonies at the moment. Right. And it seems to me that this lemon tree f- grows full-sized lemons. I haven't got a clue because it's a miniature. Uh, okay, how big is the? How tall is the plant? The plant is, I'm looking at it right now, I'd say uh, uh, 16, 18 inches high. Okay. So, you know what? You're going to give us an update on this as the season continues, but I have a feeling that one of the reasons, similar to the caller we spoke to about pears, Ray called us from Coburg about pears, I have a feeling that your lemon tree is much smarter than you realize, and it knows that it can't actually carry 20 lemons on that little tiny plant. 
Okay. And that's one of the reasons it's dropping them. Because it's, you know, it's not only the weight, but it's a lot of energy for the yeah, plants yeah. to grow and produce, you know, full edible, yep, yep, you know, yep. real lemons. So, right, uh, you know, right. a little plant like that, 20 fruits might just be more than it can possibly handle. But do remember as well when you're, it's, you've got it in lots of sun. Did you put it outside? Yeah, it, it gets, uh, it, it faces south in a patio door. Okay. Yeah. So did you put it out for the summer or no? Not yet. Are you going to? Okay. Yeah, once, well, I think you're... Sooner or later, when I get around to hauling it out, it's heavy. <laughs> it's in a huge pot. Yeah, but it's so little. Why is it in such a big pot? I don't know. Look good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay, that, so remember there's something else. So when you got that plant, what size pot was it in? Oh, uh, man, like a, I can't remember Like a now. little one. It was like in a little six-inch yeah, pot. Yeah, some something. of those black ones, you know, yeah. that you get at the nursery. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't a huge pot. And so when we plant, when our plants need to be transplanted or, you know, like you're saying, they need, they proportionally need a bigger pot or we can see roots growing out the bottom of the existing yeah. pot. When it's time to do that transplanting, the rule of thumb is we never um, go bigger than either one or two pot sizes bigger at any one transplanting. Yeah. So if we're going from a six inch pot, we can go to an eight or a 10 inch pot, but you wouldn't go from a six inch to a 12 inch or a 14 inch pot because that's too yeah. dramatic. Okay. Yeah. Because so then the plant I, has I to the almost... by about three sizes. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it does shock the plant when you do that. If it's too, like it's too dramatic from the pot size to pot size, it slows them down and they feel like, oh my gosh, look at all the soil. We have to fill all the soil with roots. So then oh. they put a whole bunch of energy into root growth. And you don't see a lot of top growth. Yeah. So okay. that could be something no, that was been, going It's on. been almost a year since yeah. it's been in this pot. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fine. And it sounds like it's thriving and it's happy and stuff. But don't do any repotting. Leave it in that no, pot. No. And you know lots of it, sun. And leave it there forever. Yeah, you're doing a good job in yeah. terms of all the other and stuff. And Gary, but just invite some family members over for dinner and get them to drag the pot outside for you. <laughs> yeah, it's too heavy for you. Just as long as I... To get the gin for the lemons or something like that. That's yes, right. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks very much. Okay, thanks, thanks for, for your calling. call. <laughs> it's true, Gary has called about his lemon tree in the past. Well, he'll probably Heard call about. again. Yep, that's I'm good. Sure, I like updates. Let us know. And the, the mantra here that, uh, mm-hmm. that, of course, Frank always says is call early, call often, but one question per caller. That's right. Because some but, people... Pl- tend to, it triggers another thing and another thing and another but thing. But they're pretty good. I think they we've are, got a lot good. of our yes. listeners trained pretty well yes. um, to uh, to do what they're supposed to do. I'm going to just give you a quick update on an email before we go sure. to a break. Yeah. I do get emails and uh, I try to answer them if I can via email, but sometimes I get a bit bogged down. So I brought one with me to do on the radio. But for anybody who would like to send me a question, send pictures, sometimes it's an identification thing. C. Dobbin, so C. D. O. B. B. I. N. at mzmedia.com is my email address, or follow me on Twitter at Charlie Dobbin. I am that cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You are so cool. Just want to let you know. So this is an email from Barbara in Buffalo. We, she calls sometimes as well. So she said, someone, in quotes, other than my grandchildren, are enjoying my bean plants already. <laughs> I sprayed them with water and dish soap. Will this work or do I need to buy something? Thanks, Barbara. Uh, so here, hi, Barbara. Thanks for the question. Beans. Bean plants Prior to any beans forming on them, I find the leaves are quite edible, typically by insects that chew at night. 
So we don't see the insects. Yeah. So we immediately assume it's probably earwigs because they do a lot of nocturnal chowing down in our gardens. Or in all this rain that we've been having and moisture, it could be slugs or snails. They'll eat anything green that's in their path. Yeah. So if you're seeing a lot of holes in the leaves of your bean plants and you're worried that it's going to you know, decimate the plants and they can't grow anymore – Get out. Um, he, uh, Barbara and Buffalo, you have choices that uh, – the soap idea is not a bad one, but remember soap, you must contact the insect in order to stop the insect. Earwigs are hiding out during the day. So you'd have yeah. to go out in the middle of the night with your soap and your water, not detergent but soap, mixed 40 to 1 to actually – cover the little earwig bodies with soap to stop them or slugs or snails. Otherwise, what I've been doing, and I have had the same thing in my beans, it's a white powder. If you look at the active ingredient, the active ingredient is diatomaceous earth. Okay, I'm not going to spell that for you, but diatom, and a diatom is dead coral, little fossilized coral. It's been ground up really fine, and it's like shards of glass to so an insect. So they eat that? No, they oh. crawl through it. Oh. Because to them, it's, but it's like, like to us, it's just white powder. To them, it's shards of glass. It lacerates their little bellies, oh. and all their liquids drain out, and they die. So it works very well on any crawling insects, like slugs and snails. It also works very well on newly born, if you will, earwigs and ants because their bodies are still soft and their legs are still short and they're close to the ground and they, it, it does a really nice job. Well, it sounds better than sneaking out in the middle of the night <laughs> exactly. trying to catch everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so grab a hold of now. It's under many, many different trade names. You'll see it as an ant killer. You'll see it as an earwig killer. You'll see it as all kinds of crawling insect killer. It's always in a tube with a, you know, put a squeeze tube and look at the active ingredient. It'll say diatomaceous earth. You'll, you can get it in Buffalo and get it anywhere at any good garden center in Ontario. Works very well for crawling insects and is completely safe for us. That is great news. Okay. That's good to know. We're going to take a little break and then we've got uh, Elizabeth calling from Burlington talking about the bird of paradise. And you know, there was a song, Charlie, called mm -hmm. May the Bird of Paradise Fly Up Your Nose. I remember that. You're going to have we to sing that We might even have that us. in the uh, library. <laughs> Little Jimmy Dickens was the artist. We'll take a short <laughs> break and come back and talk to Elizabeth after this. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And we're back with Charlie Dobbin in the Garden Show. And uh, one thing before we talk to Elizabeth, Jerry, I know you've been waiting on the line for about 17 minutes. And it was my fault that we didn't go to you next. So you can beat me severely when you see me <laughs> next. But we will get to you right after we talk to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is there talking about her bird of paradise. Elizabeth, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have this bird of paradise and I have it in the south-facing window. Mm -hmm. And it is now up. At the roof. Mm. And my husband says it's like the day of the Triffids. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of everywhere. Um, I think maybe I should have to repot it. What do you think? Well, it's going to, yes, if you're going to repot it, this is the time of year. Keep in mind, though, if you repot it, it's going to get bigger. <laughs> so oh, are oh we going to raise the rooftop or lower the oh, floor? It's already at the roof. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you're doing a very good job looking after it. Um, I love it. It's uh, yeah, it um, yeah. It's just going to get bigger though. 
when uh, when would it bloom? When do we find this bird? Oh, so it hasn't bloomed at all for you? No, uh, I've had it two years. Um, okay, so it does say that you should... Ex- I'm just quickly looking in my handy-dandy book about Bird of Paradise, Strelitzia, the mm-hmm. most spectacular of all the flowers which can be grown in the home. The vivid flowers last for several weeks on top of tall stalks surrounded by large leaves. It needs patience. New plants take four to six years before mm-hmm. flowering starts. And space. Mature plants... In a 10-inch pot, grow three to four feet high, but is surprisingly easy to grow. Yes. Hmm. Oh, thank you very much. So, I mean, that tells you you're going to have to wait a little longer. What I would suggest, have you been fertilizing it a lot? Uh, No, not really. No, okay, good. Good, no, I haven't. I wouldn't do that for sure. Um, no. If you do feel that it's... See, that's the point. If you're going to repot it, it is going to get bigger. I'd be inclined to leave it in the same oh, pot. Leave it in the pot, Or yeah. uh, take it outside, lay it down on its side, pull the pot off, and see what's going on. If it's just a mass of roots inside that pot and virtually no soil, then you could put it back into the same pot, but take some of the plant away. Do I some dividing. See. Yes. Take out some of the taller and keep some of the shorter and put it back into the same pot with some fresh soil and then back into the... Well, outside for the summer is always nice. That will also speed up the flowering. Oh, lovely. Okay. Thank you so very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for your Thanks. call. Thanks, Elizabeth. And Bye-bye. now, poor Bye-bye. Jerry, poor Jerry. Oh, He's poor been Jerry. waiting there for 20 minutes. Oh, Jerry, my, my apologies. We'll send you a free, I don't know, postage stamp or something, <laughs> something equally as useless. <laughs> just, just some free advice. Free advice. Yeah, Thanks, okay. Jerry. Go, Thanks Jerry. for your patience. Yeah. Listen, um, I, I was given a gardenia about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and for the first, had had tons of buds, maybe twenty mm-hmm. buds on. It. And, and for now... the first couple of days, it bloomed. It was beautiful, smelling flowers. It was mm-hmm. really, really nice. But since then, every single leaf and bud has fallen off. Oh, and... now, I went to the internet to look for reasons for this kind of this happening. Happening. I looked at three th- about thirty different items and had thirty different responses. <laughs> To love that. Uh, what I got to hear, got to know, is that uh, gardenia is a very difficult plant to yes. grow indoors. It, well, it's a picky plant, yes. Is it dead now? Okay, it's dropped every leaf. Every leaf has dropped. It could be dead. Really? You, you'll know whether it's dead <clears throat> if you go and with your fingernail scrape some bark on one of the stems. Now, the tips are likely all kind of crispy and dead. But if you go towards the center of the plant and scrape a little bit of bark, if it's green underneath the bark, then there is still life in the plant. But as you point out, it is a quite a demanding plant. I I can give you kind of the, the rules with gardenia if you like. And if you find there is some life in it, it, you know, how tall is this plant roughly? Is it uh, like a tree about or a little? Half, about three and a half feet. Okay, so it's a single stem with a little bush on top. Yep. Okay. So <clears throat> don't worry about that main stem. Go uh, into that little bush on top, in a, you know, a couple inches from the tips. Scrape a little bit. If you're seeing some green and if there's some life in the plant, get out your pruners. Prune, like give a haircut to that whole shrubby thing on top. Mm-hmm. Right. Get a saucer beneath the plant. Water the plant so that water drains through into the saucer. It does that, yeah. And have it in a full sunny location, preferably outside. Well, actually, in your case, probably a half-day sun, half-day shade if you can. Uh, it faces south. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, so it's in lots of sun. But it's the water's the issue. Gardenias are one of the craziest plants. They want to be kept very moist. 
So if it's in a full southern location, you'll find it will dry out quite quickly. Yeah, so that's right your now it looks challenge. like something out of the Adams family. You know? I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you may find you can regrow it, reinvigorate it if there is still life in the plant, which is likely. Yeah. Um, but the trick is you don't want it in wind. You do want it in a bright spot. You want to give it lots and lots of moisture at the root, obviously. But even as soon as you get a little bit of green starting to grow, little buds starting to break, mist it a lot. Get that yeah. little mister going. Yeah. They love high humidity, which is why going outside in the summer is often great because they yes. love our summers. Yes, yes. They're agree. very hard to grow indoors in the winter, but usually they're not too bad in the summer as long as you can keep that moisture level up. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Okay, good luck with okay, that, thanks Jerry. Thanks for waiting, Jerry. Thanks Bye-bye. for your patience. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Um, we have someone from Etobicoke calling us. All right. And that would be Ron, and you're talking to us about roses. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Rob, Charlie. Good morning. I phoned you about uh, uh, in April about a rose bush, mm-hmm. and we dug it up, and it was out of the ground for maybe two weeks, mm-hmm. and we replanted it. Now it's got new foliage on it. Okay. And and the new foliage on the tips of the leaves and some of the new buds that are forming mm-hmm. are uh, have got sort of a a white mist on them. Mm. I'm just wondering if we maybe we over fertilized it or something. Mm. Uh, that's probably not from over fertilizing. Probably what that is a it's a mildew, a, probably a powdery mildew. Yeah, that's it's growing. sort of powdery. Yeah, and it does. It looks like talcum powder or something was was sprinkled on the plant. Uh, when when we transplant plants, we always are quite um, aware of how important it is to keep watering them to help them get established, get those roots growing. And so a couple of things when, when we're transplanting to keep in mind. Number one, we transplant into a good quality soil. Number two, if we're going to fertilize at all, we only fertilize with a transplanter fertilizer. So something that will encourage roots. Uh, transplanter fertilizers always have a high middle number, like a 5155, uh-huh. or bone meal, which is a fo- straight phosphorus. Again, just to get the, the roots growing. No other fertilizer for that first entire year when we transplant. So if you have done some fertilizing on this rose, stop fertilizing. The only thing you're allowed to do is transplant your fertilizer. And when you water, be very careful to not water the leaves. Only water the ground. Yeah, well, that's what we're doing, but I think we watered it uh, uh, with a little bit of miracle Grow when we transplanted it. Okay. Not the plant itself, the ground. Yeah, okay. So, and, and then we put bark in underneath it and okay. some mulch bark is good. Just make sure the bark doesn't touch the plant. Make sure that whatever mulch or, or, you know, on top of the soil is very, very good idea around roses. But uh-huh. make sure there's always a couple of inches away from the, the stem of the plants. You've got your layer of bark mulch, which is great. Uh, and be, just, we can't do anything about the rain getting our plants wet, but certainly we try and avoid wetting the foliage of roses when we're watering just because, again, as the sun goes down, if the foliage is wet, we encourage fungal diseases. Do you think it's because we've had a lot of rain that this this is, situation has happened? Probably. When you when you put the rose in, is it in a situation where it's going to get a minimum of six hours of sunlight every day? Well, it gets the morning sun up until maybe one or two. Okay. So it's getting sort of, yeah, five or six hours, but yeah. always in the early in the day. Yeah. So that's fine. Just make sure that you're not watering late in the day. Do all your watering early in the day. Uh-huh. And as I said, no more fertilizer. And if you start to see a little bit of white 
fuzzy stuff growing on a, on your roses. Um, if those leaves turn yellow and fall off, make sure you pick up those leaves and you put them right in the garbage. Do okay. not allow them to sit on the ground because they will inoculate and spread the fungus. Uh-huh. So when it comes to this kind of a rainy summer, one of our important things as gardeners is the is good garden hygiene. So any early defoliation, whether it's pears dropping or plums dropping or leaves dropping on our roses, we got to make sure we're cleaning that up all the time yeah. and removing it from the ground, getting it, and don't even put it in the composter, just right into the garbage, out to the landfill. Makes sense. Well, it, it so, should clear up itself then. Um, it back could. Off from it. it could. You could go to a garden center and pick up something called garden sulfur. It'll come. Um, or it'll just say garden. It'll say garden fungicide. Uh, or there's a trade name, Serenade. Uh, these say that are, again. Serenade. Serenade. Yep. With an S E R E N A D E. Uh, these are sulfur-based products, which will help control fungal diseases. And you spray it on. You spray it on. Follow the instructions. Okay. Thanks okay. ever so much. You're very welcome. Bye now. Bye bye. <laughs> and we've got a couple of more people that are. One lady is calling in about the mulberry tree. Maybe she has an answer for you, Charlie, regarding that other call. But we've got to take a break first, and we'll uh, get to those calls after we do this. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And good morning and welcome to The Garden Show. And Charlie is here and we've got a couple of more calls to take, but you have an important message first. I do. And I just want to welcome Robbie Lane. Thank you so much for stepping in today. Oh, my pleasure. so nice to see your smiling face. Well, thank you. And you're learning too. I am. I learn every time I'm here. You're a keen gardener, though you don't don't let anybody know it. You're way too cool to let that out. (laughs) Um, So Sierra Sill, okay, so whether it's improved comfort in your daily routines or easier recovery from exercise, or the freedom to maintain your favorite activities, Sierra Sil offers health you can feel. Completely natural mineral supplement. Both Frank and I take it every day. Uh, we do find that we can maintain those wacky activities, whether it's <laughs> kickboxing or golfing or gardening or any of those things. And Sierra Sil, it can be uh, purchased over the web at sierrasil.ca. You can call them in Vancouver, one joint 14 or you can pick up Sierrasil at many health food stores like Ambrosia Natural Foods in Newmarket and in Thornhill. So you can still do your bungee jumping. Exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt at all. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> all right. We have uh, John calling in from Mississauga, and he's uh, asking, going to ask you about spraying fruit trees. Good morning, John, and thanks for calling in. Hello. Good morning. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning. Um, Charlie, I, uh, uh, yesterday I sprayed with malathion uh, for my fruit trees, by You're the way. not allowed to do that. That's completely against the law. Is it? Yeah. Where'd you get malathion? Oh, well, I had some. Um, but that... Anyway, I didn't know that. But to be honest with you, I bought uh, I bought a new one. So in, where in Buffalo? No, 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 no. I couldn't find it. But anyway, couldn't I, I bought it locally. You recycling. couldn't find it because it's been it was taken off the market. Malathion was taken off the market in like. 14, 15 years ago. Oh, shucks. Yeah, yeah. It's actually not a good thing to spray. It, it kills everything it contacts. And we don't want to kill everything that we contact. Okay, then okay. I just stop using it. Yes, please okay. do. Um, so when my question then would be, how about Bordeaux? 
because I think uh, last year told me to, to use Bordeaux. Mm. Yeah. So keep in mind two very separate things here. Malathion is an insecticide. Yes, it yes. is a non-specific insecticide. It will kill every insect that moves, mm. including very beneficial insects and bees and all kinds of insects that we really like. So we use malathion to kill insects, but like I say, it's non-specific. It'll kill everything. Bordeaux mixture is a fungicide. fungicide yes. It is a copper sulfate. It's the original fungicide actually used on the grapes in Bordeaux, France, uh-huh. is where they invented it. But it's spelled B-O-R-D-O, yes. and it is a copper sulfate, so it is a powder you mix with water. Now, you use that to control fungal diseases. Now, this is a like we, our last caller, Ron, with his roses. This is going to be a year of lots of fungal diseases. So you are smart to get your Bordeaux, follow the instructions in terms of timing, mm-hmm. but do use it as a preventative fungicide because with fungal diseases, we can't ever really cure them. We can control them or we can prevent them, but we can't cure them. So what shall I use for insecticide, though, uh, Charlie? Well, what insects are you trying to kill? Well, you know, uh, in, in the past, actually, in the last couple of years or so, mm-hmm. um, um, how to call it, I had, I had insects in, 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 the, uh, in, the, in the fruit, right, and the apples and the pears and the, you know. Right, but when we have insects in the fruit, those insects are typically laid in the tiny, tiny, tiny fruit way back early in the spring. Uh, so what? That's why our dormant spray is so important. I did twice. Good. You remember? I yeah, did, I remember you, you called. It and I did it twice. That's right, and that's good because uh-huh. so many of those uh, insects that grow inside the fruit and cause all kinds of damage are actually hatched from eggs that are laid back when you were dormant spraying. So that's why the dormant spray is so important. Mm-hmm. For now, the only sprays that we have for insects are superficial killers. So you can kill aphids and you can kill insects that are on the fruit trees, yeah, but you're not going to kill anything inside the fruit trees. And neither will malathion. Malathion will only kill on the surface. Just like a soap and water solution will kill on the surface, or a pyrethrin-based solution, Bug Be Gone, will kill insects on the surface. Malathion's exactly the same. It's just bigger guns, and it'll um, smell really bad and kill more things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so in other words, um, I, sh- I shouldn't use malathion at all? Correct. No, because the police are yeah, actually yeah, yeah, on yeah. the way to the house <laughs> right now, John. Yeah, yeah, well, like I said, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know why. Mm. I don't know why then, because I know that it's, you know, I mean, I've, I've had fruities for 37 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I, when I went to the specific, I'm not going to mention, obviously, mm-hmm. um, the specific garden, mm-hmm. you know, the lady there, which is a, a, an older lady, you know, and she's been in, in this business years and years, mm-hmm. she said, here, use this. Mm-hmm. And I was very surprised. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, so I bought one, to be honest with you, $24, so mm-hmm. I might just turn it back and say, listen, I'm not supposed to use it. Yeah. Well, well John, that's not a bad idea. I'm sorry to interrupt, but we are running out of time. Okay, no Thank okay. you no, so no, much okay. for calling. Thank you very much, though, Charlie. Thanks, Ron. Take, Take care. care. Good Take luck care. with that. Bye-bye. And, of course, Charlie will be back next week for the Garden Show. I will, for sure. And you are here for the rest of today, I believe, are you I not? am. <clears> You're Frank. sitting in yes, for Frank. I am. So thank you again, Robbie. And uh, real pleasure to see you again. And we are going to see you, I know, some more in July. Yes, I'll be here. When Frank's on 
holidays. But in the meantime, uh, thanks to all our great callers because we couldn't have the show without no. them. And thank you to James Patrick Dooley because he's the best. Absolutely. See and Bob all. Shepard's coming up with the news and then those crazy car guys are They're are here be revving their the engines. So. Dave and Alan. So, uh, and then we'll be back with more music at noon. That's right. So okay, we'll Charlie. See, see you next care. week. Bye-bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.